Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. Good evening, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is our Diving Deeper program. This evening, we have Father Alvin Ebert on, who is going to talk to us about understanding God's unconditional love. Welcome to the show, Father Alvin. Thank you, Caroline. It's lovely to have you on. And good evening, our dear listeners. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to, to be here um, with you. Radio Maria, a studio, broadcasting from my own studio. <laughs> Wonderful. Over to you. Yes. Welcome you, um, our lovely listeners, and I would believe um, you will be blessed and uplifted um, as you're listening to us this evening. And I want us to begin with a prayer as we um, invite our uh, the Holy Spirit to lead us through throughout this evening. I will pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, once again for this opportunity to be in your presence. We know that wherever we are, you are there with us. And we'll ask you to send your Holy Spirit to direct us as we listen to your word this evening. I pray that you use me as your oracle and that all those who are listening to us this evening will be blessed in a special way. And for those who are doubting your unconditional love for them, for us, we pray that you will uh, reassure them once again that you love us even without us knowing. You never give up on us even when we give up on you. May your name be glorified, almighty God because we know you are good and you are always fed for God. I will make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Today, um, I'll be speaking on the topic, understanding the unconditional love of God. I've been asking myself, I can't remember if I've actually um, spoken on this uh, topic. I think I've lost track of what I've um, spoken on since I started uh, this program on Ready Maria. But even if I, I have, I've, uh, I think since this week or last week, I've been having that burden in my heart 
to emphasize, and it was like last week, this continued coming and coming from the day we celebrated the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which reassures us of God's love for us, to the day we celebrated the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the same thing came up. And last Sunday, the same thing came up. I was like, this is the message. This is the message that we all need to be reassured. And then a couple of um, uh, things that happened uh, last week during my um, uh, stay at the hospital, you know, meeting patients um, uh, who have received a very sad news. And then they were the two kids. And a couple of them kept telling me, I know God loves me even in this situation. And I remember last week, I, before I started my homily, I asked those that came to Mass, have you ever doubted God's love for you before? Have you ever doubted God's love for you before? Um, so I'm still asking the same question to all our listeners this evening. Have you ever? I don't know if you have, but if you have not, oh, um, which I doubt. All of us, I in, uh, personally, I have doubted God's love for me because of what happened you know, to me. And I asked myself, God, do you still love me? Do you still love me? I'm not sure you still love me because if you love me, you wouldn't have allowed this to happen to me. Uh, even when, even when, because that's, that's, the, that's what we normally use. Even when I have dedicated my life to you, even when I have done this for you, even when I have been so faithful coming to church every, every Sunday, I, I do this in my parish, I do that. Uh, I've served you so well. And now this is what I got. This is what I get. Does this show that she loves me? But, <clears throat> and that's why, you know, this has been like a burden. Like, reassure them that God's love is unconditional. God doesn't love you because of this or because of that. His love for us has no condition. So whether things are good, or whether things are bad, it doesn't change an atom of God's love. His word says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And I think we, this needs to, you know, so I wouldn't mind talking on this again, like keep sounding it and sounding it and sounding it until it sinks. Because there will be a time when it will be very much needed. You know when? When life happens to us. You know, when uh, the storm becomes so bad that we don't have any other thing to fall, fall to, then it is that time that we'll remember that God still loves you even in this situation. God still, his love has not changed. I want us to go to our, the first scripture of today uh, from uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 7, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6 to 9. Just to remind us, God does not love you because of this or that. His love is unconditional. He does not love me because um, I'm, I'm, I'm righteous than others. He does not love me because I am more special than others. He loves 
us exactly the same way. The same way. So, um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapter 7, from verse 6, just listen to what uh, that part of the scripture says. It says, You are a people consecrated to Yahweh, your God. So I'm reading from the Catholic version. That's why you hear um, Yahweh. So other versions wouldn't, uh, <clears throat> other versions of the Bible that are, so, that are not um, Catholic wouldn't use um, the word Yahweh. So you are, you are people consecrated to Yahweh, your God. Yahweh has chosen you among all the peoples on the face of the earth that you may be his own people. Each and every one of us, we have been chosen by God. Now, why? And verse 7 says, Yahweh has bound himself to you and has chosen you, not because you are most numerous among the people, not because you are most numerous among the people. This is not the reason why he chose you. You are not, you know, uh, uh, the most numerous among the people. And he says, you are the least. You see, you are the least of all the people. Now, look at this is the reason why he chose you. Verse 8, he says, rather, he has chosen you because of his love for you and to fulfill the oath he met to your fathers. He has chosen you because of his love for you. He has chosen you because of his love, not because of, he didn't choose to love us because we love him. The scripture says he has loved us first. God loved us first. So even before we know what love is all about, he has loved us. He loved us right in, the, in, in our mother's womb. He preserved us, delivered us into the world, and his love has not changed. It's always the same. And what is unconditional love? Unconditional love is you know, a love that does not depend on the attitudes or actions of the beloved. It does not depend on your attitude. It does not depend whether you are righteous or whether you're a sinner. It does not depend on the attitude of the beloved. It is not love based on performance because, you know, I go to church every Sunday. That's not the reason why God loved me. So God does not love me more than he loves a terrorist somewhere, killing people, destroying people's life. He does not love them less and love me more. God does not love me more because I'm a priest and love you less because you're not a priest. If he loves me 100%, he loves you 100%. Remember what happened on the cross. On the cross, he prayed, God, do not hold this sin against them. For forgive them for they do, do not know what they are doing. The same people that hung him on the cross, he would have said, God, all I want is for you to punish them for, 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 for you know, uh, uh, taking me through this pain and suffering. I want you to deal with them. But right on the cross, the same people that, that took him there, he prayed for them and said, forgive them, 
but they do not know what they are doing. So God's love for us does not depend on our attitude or our actions. He loves us because he chooses to love us. And nothing changes his love for us. And this is what I want to assure us this, this, this evening, that nothing changes God's love for you. Nothing changes God's love for you. Because sometimes we may maybe, you know, certain things happening in our lives, we begin to question, question you know, uh, is it because of what I did? Is God punishing me because of what I did? I don't know. I don't know. Why are all these things happening to me? Is it because uh, I, I, what I did many years ago, is it why he, he has left me? No, no. The way he loved you uh, 10 or 5 or 20 years ago is the same way he loves you today. And it's the same way he will love you tomorrow and forever. He says his love for us does not come to an end. His love is everlasting. I remember I said in the book of Jeremiah, he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I can remember um, some years ago, yeah, I was this man I was visiting, and, uh, and he kept telling me, uh, um, Father, I don't think God, God can forgive me for what I've done. I don't think God still loves me because I've done a lot of, a lot of bad things. And whenever I remember them, I feel so bad. Even when I go to confession, I still don't you know, feel that God has forgiven me. Do you feel that way as you're listening to me this night? Do you feel that whatever that is going on in your life is because God does not love you anymore because of what you did or what you have done or what you're doing? I want to let you know that God loves you personally. God loves the sinner and not the saint. God loves the sinner and not the saint. So I may be insane, but it doesn't mean God has, you know, hates me. He hates the sin that is separating me from him, but he loves me personally. And that's the reason why whenever, once I come back to him to say, I am sorry, truly sorry for whatever I've done, he does not waste time to forgive me. God's love is unconditional. Remember what happened in the story of the prodigal son. And a lot of us, we, we are like the prodigal son. And that's how we should see ourselves. That story you know, uh, uh, explains that's unconditional love of God. When this, this young man came back, immediately his father saw him. He went towards him. He didn't even start uh, to say, oh, you've been away. You've been, uh, you've been too naughty. I don't think I can forgive you and all that. So if I remember, the, the, you have caused me heartbreak and all that. But immediately he saw him. He went for him. And that's how he treats us. So never think that whatever that is happening to you, it's happening because, you know, God is punishing you because of what you've done. Remember the, the scripture says, if you, O Lord, should treat us according to our deeds, who will survive? None of us. Nobody will survive. But with you is plentiful. Uh, 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 your, your mercy is plentiful. With you is found forgiveness. And I know what's the enemy, you know. The enemy will always give 
was the impression that uh, you, 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 you are the worst person on earth. Do you think, how do you think God can ever forgive you for this? That's the impression, that's the picture of the enemy, you know, hence for us. But I'm here this evening to reassure you once again that God's mercy is greater than our sins. God's mercy is greater than our sins. There is no time too late for us to come back to him. Remember what the scripture says in Romans chapter 5. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. So if um, at this moment you are feeling that something is happening to you because of, of what you've done in the past and you're feeling that God is not forgiving you and all that, but look at what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says. But see how God manifested his love for us. Another translation we say, this is a proof of his love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is a proof of his love. And this one says, this is how God manifested his love for us. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And we have become just become just through his blood. Why we are still sinners. Why we were still sinners. So now he, he came, he died because we are sinners. You come to think of it. He, he, if all of us are righteous, Christ wouldn't have come. He came because all of us are sinners. And there's this example I will always give for, for, for parents. I can remember when we were growing up, you know, uh, um, parents, you will always see what consciously or unconsciously as a parent, you will always be attracted to that uh, child of yours who is very obedient, does everything you say to him or her, you know, there is that affection there compared to others. I can remember then, you know, I will always, you know, keep the kitchen clean, I will sweep, I will, you know, wash the plates, even when I was not told to do those things. So I would always get the, 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 the reward when it's time for food, okay? So my mom would have to dish, dish, dish the food in the plates and then um, she would call us one by one to come and carry our food. You know, he would call the, she would call the first person. The, my other brother, he would come to carry his, and then it's my turn, I'll carry mine. Everyone will come. But then afterwards, she will always invite me, come, and she will put more for me. So this is a reward for um, uh, be, being a good boy. So there is always that tendency for us to be attracted to that person who is nice. But for God, it's opposite. He is attracted to the sinner. To the sinner. He says, I did not come to call the righteous, but I came to call the sinners. Unconditional love. So he does not love he, he does not love me because I'm a good person, and that's why it's called uncon. It is undeserved and undeserved love. So as 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 children, we all deserve to be loved by our parents. We all deserve to be loved by our parents. So every parent should must love their children. But for us, we do not deserve his love. 
even when we do, even when we have not even known him, he loved us. So an undeserved love. So he says, Christ died for us while we we are still sinners. While we are lost, while we, we have decided to go away from him, he kept coming to us, saying to us, I still love you. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you have done. I still love you. My love has not changed. You can imagine when, when, when you offend somebody, the tendency is for the person to develop you know, hatred for you. But still, for God, the more we sin against him, the more his love for us is stronger. So, this evening, if you are feeling that God does not love you anymore, I want to assure you that God loves you. I will say this, I will say it time and time again, so that it will sink into your head. Maybe something is happening to you at the moment. You have, you have been, uh, you have received the very sad news about your health. Things are not working out well in your family. And you are questioning God's love for you. I want to reassure you this evening that his love for you is unconditional. You don't need to meet any times for him to love you. He loves you even without taking permission from you. He loves you without taking permission from you. <clears throat> let us go back to the scriptures and um, let us look at First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. So verse 8 says, Those who do not love have not known God, for God is love. Now, God loves us because his nature is love. He cannot but love us. He cannot but love us. God is love. His nature is love. So whatever he does, he does out of love. Whatever he does, he does out of love. Now verse 9 says, How did the love of God appear among us? Now God sent his only son into, into this world that we might have life through him. And this confirms what John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why did he have to give his only begotten son? Because of love. Because of love of you and love of me. And this is what First John chapter 4, verse 9 is saying. How did the love of God appear among us? God sent his only son into this world that we might have life through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. This is love. Not that we loved God. The normal thing is for you to love someone and the person loves you back. That's the normal thing. You know, you love the person. You don't, as human beings, you wouldn't want to love someone, you know, that doesn't love you. It would be like you're wasting your love. It would be like you're wasting your love. What well, the scripture says, actually, 
um, <clears throat> I think in the uh, in some post letter to the Romans that his love has been poured lavishly into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. His love has been poured lavishly, like a wasted love, as excess love. There's this song that says, Jesus, you love me too much, too much, excess love. This is excess love. A love that we do not deserve. It says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us first and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And verse 11 says, Dear friends, if such has been the love of God, we too must love one another. <clears throat> so that's the only way. That's what he wants. When we love someone, we want the person to reciprocate that love. But God does not desire, he doesn't desire our love. All he wants is for us to love others. That's the only thing he wants from us. So we do not, we do not need to repay for loving us. The only thing he wants from us is to let that love he has poured into our hearts overflow into the lives of others. So before we go for a short break, I want to reiterate it again. My dear friends, as you're listening to me this morning, I want this to be resonating in, in, your, in, your, in your ears. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. No circumstance in this life will make me change that. Because there will be a time when that doubt, when that doubt will come up, and because you have been reassured, and because you believe 100% that nothing can change God's love for you, then that doubt won't come up. So <clears throat> we'll go for a short break as we continue to reflect on how wonderful this love is for us. Okay, we will be okay. playing um, will. The King of Glory is Here by Father Orvin Father, Father, we welcome you. King of Glory, we welcome you. The Lily of the Valley, we welcome you. The Solution Master, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, you welcome. My strength, where there is no strength. The glorification of Israel, King of glory, glory to your name. King of glory, independence of King of glory, the Prince of Peace. King of glory, I call you the King of glory. King of glory, he that maketh the way in the wilderness. King of glory, King of glory, welcome you, Abba Father. Welcome you, Lamb of God. Welcome you, Ashens of this. Having her own child. You remember Sarah. You remember Job. You turned his life around and gave him a new song. You remember Jabez. You changed his name and gave him a new name. 
out to you in their distress. But your word says, O oh God, that you are close to the brokenhearted. Oh Lord, your people are crying out to you. Father, change our tears of sorrows to the tears of joy. Because you are a good God. here by Father Alvin Eber, who is here this evening to talk to us about the unconditional love of God. Welcome back, Father Alvin. Thank you, Karen. Welcome back, dear listeners. Um, I hope it's it's going okay. All right, so we, um, we continue. Um, now, when we say God loves us unconditionally, meaning that, you know, no matter what, what we think we've done, um, he still loves us. He doesn't change his love for us. But does it mean um, he he he's happy with everything? So when um, I'm insane, when I'm doing what I'm not supposed to do, does it mean he's happy with it? Or does it mean he keeps quiet in, in, in everything? One thing is God still, like I said, that whatever he does, he does out of love. There will definitely be a time when he will have to correct us. Every good father will have to correct his daughter, his son. Every good father does that. And if if our earthly fathers do that, what of our heavenly father? Will he keep quiet when he knows that we are taking the wrong path? There will definitely be a time when he either, you know, you use it to punish him, um, and as much as we know, he doesn't he doesn't punish us. But even when he does, he does it out of love. He does it out of love. So from time to time, um, we 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 experience certain things in our lives that God can use to correct us. Maybe when we are uh, uh, on the wrong path, in order to bring us back, he allows something to happen in our lives. I don't know you as you're listening now if you have experienced such such thing. You know, there will be a time when you're almost drifting <clears throat> and then something happens and it's like your attention is is brought back to God. He wants us close to him always. But as human beings, 
<clears throat> out of human frailty, we'll always see ourselves being attracted to the things of this world. And the, the scripture says, the love of the things of this world can never be the love of God. You know, you can't love uh, the things of this world and love God equally. You have to give attention to one. But God himself wants our attention. He loves us so much. He wouldn't want to see us, um, you know. Remember, he says, as I live, says the Lord, I do not desire in the death of a sinner, rather that he or she will, will live, repent and live. And the scripture says, there is, there, is, there is rejoicing in heaven over the repentance of just one sinner. So he cherishes each and every one of us. And all he wants is for us to, to have life. John 10, 10, he says, I've come that you may have life and have it in full, in abundance. That's all he wants. So anything he knows that will lead us to death, he would want to call our attention to it. And that's when we see, you know, certain things happening in our lives. So whatever that happens in our lives, and it's not because he hates you. It's not because he hates me. So I've heard, you know, a lot of people say, this has happened. I think God hates me. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame them. I try to understand uh, you are, you know, going through a tough time. Sometimes it can be so unbearable, so unbearable that if you don't have the assurance of God's love in your life, you uh, you have no option than to give up. It's so easy to give up. It's so easy to say, God hates me. And that's why I said, we need to hear this and hear it and hear it again so that it becomes, it has tap roots in our lives so that nothing there's no 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 storm that can can uproot it. You know, when you any plant that has got tap roots, it's so it's so strong there that no matter the type of wind that comes, it stays. It stands firm, and that's how this should be in our hearts. That no matter what you know we pass through, no matter what comes to us, it will definitely happen one day. It will definitely happen, even if it has not happened now. Wait for it. One day it may happen. But then, having that assurance that even in this situation, I know God's love for me has not changed. I know God is still with me. I know God is up to something. I know God has not left me yet. So do we, do we hate him? Do we hate him when he corrects us? Do we hate him when he corrects us? Like I said, it is only a father that loves his children that will correct them when he sees them, you know, doing the wrong thing. A proof of your love for your children does, does not, it's not when you see them, you keep quiet because you don't want to upset them. If God should be doing that, then all of us will be lost because we would want to do whatever we want and feel comfortable doing it. But he puts something in our lives, makes us uncomfortable so that we will come back to him. But he does it out of love because of the love he has for us. Now, let's go to the, uh, to the scripture, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5 to 12. And let's see, let's see. Why do God, why do, why do, why does God, um, um, Correct us. Why does he have to correct us? 
So verse 5 says, Do not forget the comforting words that wisdom addresses to you as children. My son, pay attention when the Lord corrects you, and do not be discouraged when he punishes you. Pay attention when God corrects you, and do not be discouraged when he punishes you. And this can happen in different ways. This can happen in different ways. God corrects people in different ways. The way he corrects me may not be the way he corrects you. But the only thing is, do we pay attention? Do we pay attention when this happens? Or are we easily discouraged that we easily say, um, I'm no longer going to church? No. I don't believe in God anymore. I don't believe in God anymore. If, if he's real, if he really loves me, why should I be going, going through this? Why should I have cancer? Why should I have cancer? Why should I lose my son? Why should I lose my daughter? Innocence as they are. Why should, why should, why should he allow this to happen to them? He says, pay attention when the Lord corrects you and do not be discouraged when he punishes you. And he says, verse 6 says, for the Lord corrects those he loves. For the Lord corrects those he loves. So I'll be very concerned when I'm just leaving my house and my, 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 my life anyhow, and then he keeps quiet. I'll be very concerned. I'll, I'll ask myself, God, do you still love me? If you are keeping quiet, are you, still, are you sure you still love me? You are allowing me to do whatever I want and go scot-free. Are you sure you still love me? So the assurance that we are loved is because he corrects us. Because he corrects us. And why does he correct us? Because he does not want us to get lost. He wants us to be saved. So he says, for the Lord corrects those he loves and chastises everyone he accepts as a son, and I add, as a daughter. So if he has accepted you as his son, as his daughter, he corrects you, he chastises you. And verse 7 says, what you endure is in order to correct you. So Whoever is listening to me this, this evening and something is going on in your life, something that is making you uncomfortable, something that is making you question God's love for you. He says, the scripture says, what you are enduring now is in order to correct you. It's not, it's not because you've done anything. It's not because you are the worst person on earth. It's not because you've done something no human being on earth has ever done. It is because he loves you. God is very powerful and he can stop anything from happening to us. But the fact is that he never assured us that as a Christian, as a faithful Christian, that our lives will be free from pain, from sorrow. And you know what? The more you are faithful to him, the more your sorrow increases, unfortunately. 
But the scripture says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night. You may wet your pillow with tears, but in the morning, joy will definitely come. You see, this is the difference between the person whose faith is in God and the person who has no faith at all. And this informs the reason why I've met a lot of patients in the hospital who will always say to me, Father, I don't know what I would have done without my faith. I, I can't imagine how people who do not know God, how they cope. And this is someone who, you know, have been visited by the doctor and has been told you have few, few, few weeks or few months to die. And this person is saying to me, I don't know how people who do not know God, how they cope. For me, I don't know what I would have done without my faith. And I'll leave challenged. Whenever I visit such person, I, I leave them being challenged. And I always ask myself this question. If I see myself in this situation tomorrow, will I still say this? Will I be able to say this? Do I feel that love for me so strong in my heart that I'll be able to say that I know God still loves me even in this situation? Or will I start questioning him? Will I start reminding him of all the good I have done, knowing fully well that our qualification, as St. Paul would say, comes from God? We have no good. He is the good one. He is the righteous one. And our goodness comes from him. We're still reminding him that I'll be faithful to him. But in fact, we are unfaithful. He's the only faithful one. Faithful even when we are unfaithful. Or will I accept that this is how it is? So, so verse 7, still we are in verse 7, it says, What you endure is in order to correct you. God treats you like sons. And what son is not corrected by his father? This is not me saying, this is the scripture. It says, what son? What son will keep quiet when, what, what father would keep quiet when the son is going on the right path? You see your son going into the fire and you keep quiet because you don't want to upset him. You don't want to upset her. You allow him or her, you know, to be burnt. Will, they, will, they, will your son or daughter be happy with you tomorrow? You kept quiet and I was burnt. So God does not allow that. He corrects us because he loves us. And verse 8 says, If you were without correction, which has been received by all, you would not be sons but bastards. Besides, when our parents, according to the flesh, corrected us, we respected them. How much more should we be subject to the Father of Spirits to have life? Our parents corrected us as they saw fit with a view to this very short life. But God corrects us for our own good that we may share in His holiness. He corrects us for our own good. I can remember... Um, I don't know if I've told this story here before, uh, when we were still small. And I did something one day, and my my dad, um, he punished me. I didn't like that punishment. It was it was a painful one. But then when he left, I I 
went and wrote on the wall that my dad is a wicked man. And then I forgot to clean it. And he came back and saw it. And I was in a bigger trouble. You know, but today I look back and I ask myself, was he actually a wicked man? Or had it been he kept quiet and will I be here to, will, will I be here today? Who knows where I would have been today? I would have been lost. So that's when I would have said he he is a wicked man because he saw um um he saw me getting lost and he kept quiet. And that's how we feel sometimes we feel about God when he corrects us. We feel, oh, God is being wicked to me. He's being wicked to me. Look at how he allowed me, how you know now people are laughing at me and all that. But it's not, not all about what we are seeing now. St. Paul says that the sufferings of this moment are not to be compared to the glories yet to be revealed. To the glories yet to be revealed. And that's what we look at. And St. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, he says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered in the, into the hearts of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But God who don't love him. So verse 11 of um, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, he says, All correction is painful at the moment. All correction is painful at the moment. At the moment. I'm emphasizing at the moment. Because it's always at the moment when we begin to question God. This is so painful. This is so painful. But looking beyond that, Hebrews chapter 12, Look at what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. At the moment, at the moment. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, before I go back to what I was reading, it says, Look, let us look to Jesus, the founder of our faith. Another translation we say, the author and finisher of our faith. Okay, who who will bring its completion? So, author and finisher of our faith the beginning and end of our faith. For the sake of the joy reserved for him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat at the right of the throne of God. Another translation we say, looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who because of the joy that lay before him, endured the pain of the cross. And Verse 11 says, all correction is painful at the moment, rather than pleasant, definitely. Even sometimes when you are corrected verbally, it's, it's, it's depending on how the person spoke to you. It's, it doesn't sound pleasant. You, you, you would rather, you know, no one speaks to you like that, like that. Even when I know I'm at fault. But I would rather you you don't talk to me that way because it will even you know make me feel more more bad instead of taking it and knowing that oh I need to work on myself. So he says all correction is painful at the moment rather than pleasant. Later it brings the fruits of peace. That is holiness to those who have been trained by it. So at the moment it may be painful. What you are passing through at the moment, it may be heartbreaking what we are passing through, 
you look back, people are laughing at you. People are questioning you. People are saying, see, you've been going to church all this while. Every Sunday, see, you go to church. Even during the weekdays, you are always in church. But look at your life. Look at what's happening to you. So what's the proof that you love God? What's the proof that God exists? People are, people are laughing at you. But the scripture today say, this is just for a moment. It may be painful at the moment rather than pleasant, but later it brings the fruits of peace. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now verse 12 says, lift up then your drooping hands and strengthen your templing knees. Make level the ways for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but healed. Remember what the prophet Micah says. You know, he says, do not laugh at me, my enemy. The Lord, he has, he has allowed me um, to be brought low, but I know that he will lift me up again. So my dear friends, as you are listening to me today, I'm saying this to you. Don't worry. Don't worry. God's love for you is still the same. God's love for you is still the same. His love does not change. His love is not 100% when things are okay. And 99.9% when things are bad. It's 100% when things are okay. It's 100% when things are bad. But even when things become bad, don't worry. It says it is only for a moment. It is only for a moment. And when he's through with you, the psalmist says, you will come out as gold. The psalmist says, I know where the Lord is taking me. And when he's through with me, I shall come out of good, uh, out like good. You know, good doesn't just appear as good. It goes through, you know, different stages. <clears throat> and all those stages, these are, you, they, they, you, you pass through fire and a lot of um, hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting before it comes out as gold, refined gold. And that's what God does to us. He sees something in you. And he doesn't just want you, know, you to just, just go that way. He sometimes allows us to pass through certain things in order for us to come out as gold that we are. And remember, let me inform you, you are the apple of God's eye. And nothing changes that. Nothing will change that. So let this give you courage. Are you about to give up? Don't give up yet. Don't give up yet. God is still on the throne. God is still in charge, in charge of you, is in charge of me. And his love for you is unconditional. His love for you has no end. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercies endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his love has no end. His love has no end. For you to believe this, you need to believe in his word. And when you believe in his word, then you know that his promises are true. So my dear friends, I say to you again, 
God loves you unconditionally. Do we have time for another short break and then we'll come back and pray? He will just, he will just sing, sing um, sorry, um, play. He has turned my life around by Father Alvin Eber. Has turned my life around by Father Alvin Eber. So we're just going to join Father Alvin again now. Welcome back for the final reflection and prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Karen. And um, welcome back, dear friends. And before we um, close our session for today, I would want to read out um, a last um, scriptural passage. For, for 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 if you are still um, doubting um, uh, whether the promises of God is real, His promises, you know, God 
he he makes promises and he fulfills his promises and that's why we believe in him that's why we trust in him that's why he puts all our trust all our trust 100% not 99.9% but 100% trust you know with god you are allowed to put all your eggs in one basket and that basket is god himself so put all your eggs in one basket you know, the number thing is don't put your all your eggs in one basket because you don't trust what will happen to the eggs. But with God, put everything in one basket because they are safe, 100%. And the scripture in Psalm 145, Psalm 145, verse um, 13, he says, Your reign is from age to age. Your dominion endures from generation to generation. The Lord is true to his promises and lets his mercy show in all he does. The Lord is true to all his promises and lets his mercy show in all he does. And as you sleep this night, let this continue to sound in your ears that whatever he says, his words are yes and yes. Yes and amen does not change he does not lie he's not a human that can change his words are his bonds and um, let's pray my dear friends Heavenly Father we thank you for the end of um, this uh, program today I believe that you have blessed a lot of people who have listened to us today. And Lord, for those who are still doubting, we pray that that feeling of your unconditional love um, will become so strong in their hearts. But we know that sometimes it can be overwhelming. It can be so difficult for us. But your word says that your grace is sufficient for us. Lord, may we always be assured of your loving presence around us, even when things become so difficult, that we will continue to stand firm like Mount Zion that cannot be shaken, that stands firm forever. Blessed be your holy name, O God, because we know we have answered our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. And may the blessings of Almighty God continue to be with you, remain with you, and protect you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us this evening, Father Olvin. It's brilliant. Just really wonderful things to hear. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. God bless. God bless. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. 
We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.